Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thanksgiving edition of the show. Thursday, November 25th. I am your... Uh, I, I can't talk today. I'm your host, Gary. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Chris, of course, still on vacation, enjoying uh, enjoying the happiest place on earth. So we're going to leave him alone and let him do his thing. On today's show, I'm going to have Parker Fleming in with me to uh, discuss the week of college football. Of course, if you have not seen him before, you did see him on the College Football Reaction Show uh, on Sunday just a few days ago, and also you see him with me every week on the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, Parker, you can find online at cfb-graphs.com or on Twitter at Stats of War. Uh, He's all over the place. He's got all kinds of college football numbers and whatnot. Uh, Fantastic guy to talk to, uh, just to dive into the weeds. He he really, really knows his stuff. Uh, But I'm going to start out today, uh, well, first off, I guess we'll do our rundown. Go to winningcureseverything.com. That is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about us, everywhere you need to follow, everywhere you need to subscribe. Go ahead and check that out if you would so kindly. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, it's on any of your favorite podcast apps. And if you are on Apple Podcast, please do us a favor and leave a nice five-star written review. Uh, if you have questions or anything, then you can toss them in there as well. Uh, you can also DM us or jump into the YouTube comments. If you are watching this show on Thanksgiving, Go ahead and like that video for us. We would certainly appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to our goal of 5,000 subscribers. We are uh, just about 100 away from that. Uh, But we want to hit 5,000 by the end of the NFL season. That would be at the beginning of February. So we got a little time to get there. Uh, We just need 100 more subscribers. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. It lets you know when we go live. There's still much football to discuss. There is no real season, as Josh Pate would say. But uh, but yes, do that for us. The show brought to you every time out by BetUS, America's top sports book, America's premier sports book. They are where the game begins, and you can find them online, BetUS.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021 to get 125% deposit bonus up to 125%, sorry, up to $2,500. My brain is all over the place. All over the place. Um, 
but yes, uh, also I'm on the BetUS College Football Show. There's a link in the description for that. There's a link in the description for the sign-up uh, promo code, etc. Uh, so I want to start off today's show with uh, thoughts and well wishes and prayers and everything else out to the family and friends of Cecil Hurt, who is the uh, sports editor for a long time at the Tuscaloosa News. He covered the Alabama uh, athletics beat really the football beat since, I want to say, 1983. Uh, that was the year that I was born. He was incredible. He was so much more than a sports writer. Uh, Cecil Hurt, for those that have followed the show for a long time, came on here uh, on the show on Winning Cures Everything with us multiple times. Uh, he is the guy that actually really got me involved in sports media. Uh Back in 2006, I want to say, uh, maybe 2005, I started a website called MemphisTiter.com and started tracking planes and whatnot, and, and the site blew up during the coaching search that led to Nick Saban uh, becoming the head coach at Alabama, and Cecil Hurt was the guy that reached out to me. And the first email that I ever got from him wanted to know, uh, where are the planes going today? So we talked uh, quite a bit back then. He kind of showed me the ropes a little bit, even even reached out to me multiple times while I was doing the rock band stuff and, and wasn't super involved in uh, in sports talk and in sports media. But uh, he had family that lives close to where I am now. Uh, always made the trip through uh, Memphis, and uh, he's been sick for a while now. Uh, he was put in the hospital with pneumonia, I want to say like three or four weeks ago. And we talked about it on the show a little bit, but obviously, you know, we it, he, he wanted to keep everything kind of personal, and we totally understand that. But uh, it is a shame. Um, Iron Bowl week, of course, you know, it, he, he would have really enjoyed covering uh, this year's team a lot. He, he did early on, for sure. Um, the, the volatility of the Crimson Tide season was something that he would have enjoyed writing about, I do believe. He was... Very incredible in in the way that he did things. He carried books with him to the press box. He sometimes would know exactly how to describe uh, something that happened in a ball game, even if he didn't watch it. He was incredible with words, just incredible. I would uh, highly recommend going back and reading his articles. You can find them all over at uh, Tuscaloosa, uh, or sorry, TideSports.com. TuscaloosaNews.com has them all, but. Yeah, uh, I'm going to miss him. And, you know, it's always, it, it's really weird. I, I never really know what to say in a situation like this. Uh, see, it's not like Cecil took, took me under his wing or anything like that. He was just always very generous uh, with his time and was always there to, like, give me advice or send me a text. And, you know, it would always answer when I would text him. And it was, uh, he's the only media member that I know of that not the only one that I know of that would do that but the only one that uh, that I have done that with uh, I, I talk to him a little more regularly than I did almost any other sports media member and it's uh, it's weird uh, I have never known a world where he wasn't covering Alabama football and it's going to be strange to see he was uh, incredibly funny I'm sure a lot of you have heard his jokes, heard him on Fine Bomb, heard him everywhere else. Uh, he's just, he was awesome. He was awesome, man. We're going to miss him. Uh, so rest in peace, Cecil. Uh, of course, we will see you on the other side. Safe travels, of course. 
as you would always tell me. And uh, and with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and move into the rest of the show. We have football to discuss. There's a lot going on in the world of college football. So let me go ahead and introduce again uh, Parker Fleming, who appears with me on the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, he does cfb-graphs.com. He's at footballoutsiders.com. He does his own analytics and whatnot. You can find his uh, previews for every game in college football every single weekend on Twitter. He posts them all. Go and follow him at StatsOWar, just like it sounds. And, of course, the link will be in the description. But, yeah, Parker, uh, really good friend, really, really smart guy, smarter than me for sure. Uh, I would go and follow all of his stuff. Uh, He also does the Purple Theory podcast. He covers uh, TCU as well. So, uh, lots, lots to get into with him. So why don't we go ahead and do that? Parker Fleming with the college football week 13 preview and the off the radar pick them. The prodigal son has returned to the winning cures everything airwaves. Parker Fleming, of course, you can see him with me on the Bet US College Football Show every Wednesday, every Thursday. I guess at this point it's not going to be Wednesdays and Thursdays. I get maybe next week it'll be Wednesday and Thursday. This week, it's only on Wednesday, so whatever. Uh, But yes, go and check it out. Subscribe to the channel. We want to keep the thing going. We will continue this on and on through the next year and whatnot. So sign up over there. You can find Parker at cfb-graphs.com. Also, you can read his work at Football Outsiders. You can find him on Twitter, at Stats of War. That's probably the easiest place to find him, right? At Stats of War. All your stuff's there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's the hub. It's you know I'm doing a little bit of here and there and everywhere. So the the Twitter is the best place to find it all for sure. There you go. All right, so we have got some football to discuss. It is of course Thanksgiving week. It is a uh, I'll say shorter show than usual because I'm not doing a bunch of news topics at the top and all that. We're just gonna dive into what's actually happening. The narrative of the week, of course, uh, it is the week before championship week. It is rivalry week. And we've got a lot to, to break down. Let's go on and get into College Football Week 13, uh, our preview. And, of course, with Chris on the show, I ask him three questions, typically four questions. Uh, we usually do a playoff sleeper. We're not doing that this go-round because we're right here. We, I mean, it, we know who's going to get in. Uh, so it's one of seven te- or four of seven teams at this point, I believe. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. So no playoff sleeper, but we do have games this weekend to discuss. Parker. I have got multiple games written down. I want you to tell me first, what is your most interesting games of the weekend? Uh, Well, I I think you can't talk about Thanksgiving weekend without talking about the Egg Bowl. Uh, I mean, just... That's the first one I got written down. (laughs) The the sheer possibility for chaos in the Egg Bowl, uh, one, reigns supreme, and then two... Um, I mean, you, you got two really good teams, and it feels like, honestly, Mike Leach has been a little quiet this year relative to last year, certainly, and historically. Um, and they're playing some really good football in Starkville, I think, really under the radar. Uh, I think this could not only be fun for the storylines, but this might be an excellent football game, Gary. Yes, I am I am so going to be glued to the TV on Thursday night. I cannot wait to see exactly what happens here because uh, this Mississippi State defense is lights out and on top of that the offense uh incredibly underrated this year people have not paid attention to will rogers all that much he's not getting a lot of critical acclaim of course throughout the country uh but number 15 in offensive success rate i mean number 19 in stuff rate on defense they are really really good it's there is something to be said for leach having such a small playbook 
and just getting really, really good at it. Like it, it, Some people overcomplicate this sport, and, and Leach is certainly not one of them. At Lane Kiffin on the other side, how they are 9-2 and two at this point with the numbers that the defense puts up. And, and the fact that, I mean, they are number 127 in penalties per game, number 122 in penalty yards per game. That is just abysmal. And typically would cost you a lot more games. Uh, but this is absolutely chaos between Kiffin and Leach. I'm super excited about that one. Uh, Boise at San Diego State, for me, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brady Hoke looks awesome right now. Like He looks so much younger than when he was the coach at Michigan. He looks like he's having fun. The, the team plays well. The, again, this is another program that just do what you do really well and don't beat yourself. And, and they continue to do it. And yet, Boise, you know, lately has been playing really well. Uh, their numbers look good. I don't know what to make of them, but uh, you got a thought on this one. Yeah, uh, one shout-out to uh, Coach Maddox, the uh, defensive coordinator at San Diego State. Man, he's getting a lot of traction, a lot of looks, um, uh, deservedly so, because they have been putting up some really, really great defensive numbers for for a while now. This one's fun. Uh, the stakes aren't as high as maybe we thought they would be at the beginning of the year with Boise kind of stumbling. Um, but this one, I think, I think is a lot of fun and will be some of the highest quality G5 football that we have this weekend for sure. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Uh, the only stakes, I think, in this is whether or not San Diego State actually hosts the Mountain West title game. I, I think that's it. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all excited about that one. Uh, the other one I've got written down here, uh, Wake at BC, mainly because I want to see if they just completely uh, fall over themselves. Right, there's so much pressure on them right now. They lose this game, and it's either NC State or Clemson that's going to the ACC title game. Wake hadn't been in this position since Jim Grove was there. What was that like, 2006? I mean, it's, a, it's a long time. So, at, do they just completely lose it at the end of the season, losing three out of four, or you know, maybe find a way to uh, to get this thing done on the road? I like that one. If you got a you got a different game that uh that you're pumped about. Yeah, the other one that I have circled is Florida State, Florida, yeah. um, and and not so much for the quality of football, but it does feel like there's a narrative where Florida, uber talented, kind of in shambles right now. They fired Dan Mullen. They are on the decline, and it does feel a little bit like Florida State better than the record. They've got some things going for them. They're ascending, and so this could be kind of the linchpin in Mike Norvell's Florida State resurgence to to contention. Or it could be a complete derailment for, for Mike uh, Norvell that has no ramifications for Florida in the long run whatsoever if Florida wins. So if Florida State can pull off this upset, I mean, that that's going to be a huge statement for them going into this offseason. They'll get that bowl eligibility, um, get the extra bowl practices. And so I think that this is a game that's really interesting because you've got a talent gap for sure in favor of Florida, but you have a motivation gap and a stakes gap that entirely favor the underdog here. I am so curious because uh, the the interim coach, what, what is it, guard? I think that's the guy. Um, I way, honestly couldn't even tell you. <laughs> the, the interim coach is the same interim coach that took over for Mississippi State when Dan left and led the Bulldogs to an upset win over, you know, a Lamar Jackson Louisville team that nobody saw coming. So yeah, he, he has a way of getting guys amped up. And I wonder if those Florida players – just hated Dan Mullen enough that they end up actually showing up for this. So I am interested in that one. Uh, I did have written down, I mean, obviously the big ones, Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, but who wants to talk about that? Um, 
Wisconsin at Minnesota is really interesting to me. I'm yeah. That one, I mean, we could we could put that under most to lose as well. You know, let's dive into that. Let's talk about the teams with the most to gain. Uh, I wrote down Washington State because in the Apple Cup, obviously they haven't beaten Washington in forever. Uh, but also, you know, it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Oregon beats or Oregon State beats Oregon. If that's the case, Washington State wins this and they're going to the Pac-12 title game. I, I don't know when the stakes have been higher for the Cougars, and they don't even have a, a head coach at this point. So, um, yeah. I, no, I do think, I think that kid's going to get the uh, the head coaching job if they win this ball game, et cetera, right? They may give it to him anyway. But, uh, yeah, that one I'm I'm really excited about. You got a, a team with the most to gain? Um, I, I mean, I think it's clearly Michigan here just because they are underdogs and they haven't beaten Ohio State in a long time, and that's kind of the unsexy answer. But, um, Jim Harbaugh said it well, and it's not often that I say Jim Harbaugh quotes seriously without laughing afterwards, but Jim Harbaugh said the playoff starts this weekend. And it's true for Ohio State and for Michigan, the playoff playoff round one is this weekend because it is a win in your end situation here. Um, it, you know, for either of them to get in the playoff, they're going to have to win the next two weeks. And Michigan has kind of been quietly on the fringe. It's been assumed that they are not going to beat Ohio State. They're not going to be playoff contenders, but if they come out and they upset Ohio State and then they can win the Big Ten championship, they could be looking at a two-seed in the playoffs, yes. uh, kind of from out of nowhere. So I think that this this weekend absolutely is is, is the world belongs to Michigan if they can win this game. I uh, I wrote down myself for most to gain because uh, I need a Utah win over Colorado for a lot of different tickets this weekend. <laughs> uh, but I did write down Syracuse because I have heard some rumblings from up there that if they don't win this game and get to a bowl game, now they're they're playing Pitt, so easier said than done. But I've I've kind of heard some things about Dino and them possibly looking to move on. And this seems like a really really big spot. Uh, so this would be the most to gain for Syracuse. Now they may not do anything because of the landscape of uh, you know all the coaching hires and whatnot that are going on. But Syracuse at one point was sitting at what five and three or five and four, and. Now you're looking at possibly five and seven to end the year. No bowl game. Uh, it is improvement over last year, and it's definitely exceeded expectations. But I am I'm curious what's going to happen uh, with the bunch in the Carrier Dome. Uh, now that's that game is actually at Pittsburgh, but yeah, I'm I'm curious about it. Have you heard anything about that? I, I hadn't. I, I mean, I had kind of assumed at the beginning of the year. I think I said that this was the year that Dino was going to wish he was going to take another job. Um, I wonder if Syracuse doesn't feel like the iron is hot for Sean Lewis from Kent state. So maybe they feel like their hand is forced a little bit with um, the, the situation here. Uh, I mean, they beat Boston college by two scores. They, they, so they went, I mean, they won two straight and then yes, they lost and got murdered at Louisville and they got murdered at NC state. Both of those are really good teams. Syracuse is not a very good team. And, and I think that they've been way better than expectations this year. Yeah. So that would surprise me, but it's senior day that, um, they have they have Pittsburgh. It is at the Carrier Dome. It um, is okay, and it's Senior yeah. Day for them. So who knows? Maybe they can pull off something big. That that that's crazy that there's those high stakes. Um, the only other one I had for for high stakes was um, Penn State, and not that moral victories matter, but they've had such a roller coaster of a season. James Franklin just signed the big <laughs> extension, and what Mel an Tucker just signed the big extension. And so you've got two dudes who just got locked into their school. I mean, locked, Wait, did, locked did in, Tucker, in college football terms. Did Tucker sign his yet? I don't think he signed his. I think it's offered. Oh, 
Interesting. Yeah, I don't think he signed that. I think it has been extended to him. Uh, it is just my <laughs> it is my impression that the general public does not hear about offers that have not been accepted. That's, but I don't know. Uh, well, I think so because that came out the week before the Ohio State game. I think that was actually the administration that was putting that out there, like, "Hey, uh, um, basically letting the fan base know if we lose him, it is not because we weren't trying, right?" Because if you yeah. get offered the exact same contract between Michigan State and LSU, you're taking LSU. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's a better gig. Um, yes. But you know, who who's to say the uh, the James Franklin one was very interesting. I was reading up on that earlier, and the all of the language in that it's basically like a two year extension because the buyout drops to what six million after 2023. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's nothing. So. You know, and it's not crazy money. What, what did it end up being? Ten years, eighty million, or something like that? If he continues going, but I think it's a smart move yeah. by Penn State. You know, I I don't think there's yeah. Any I keep locked up. All that to say, they, they've had a really rough year, and they're seven and four. If they can win this game, get get a, a win against a team that has been ranked and has looked really really good at times this season, and they can finish eight and four, and eight and four is kind of your floor in a really weird year. I think that's just a huge thing for the program. And in terms of bowl positioning, beating Michigan State really helps them uh, locked in there. So I think they have a lot to gain this weekend as well. I think so as well. Uh, Teams that have the most to lose, obviously you can toss any of the playoff teams in there if you want to. Um, Cincinnati against East Carolina, that's definitely one of them. Uh, I've got Oregon with the most to lose because you lose this game and you are most likely not even getting to the Pac-12 title game and you might lose your coach. So... I now who's to say what Cristobal does, but that one is the biggest one for me because, good gracious, uh, could you imagine all the talk, all the hype about Oregon, and you lose two straight to end the season, don't get into the Pac-12 title game, and you lose your coach, uh, be a lot of rebuilding in Eugene if yeah. that were to happen. Yeah. So, um, although, have you seen that, uh, you know, that gift that's Woody Harrelson wiping his eyes with money? That's Phil Knight if we're, we're getting, you know, tanks out a little bit. So whatever. True. Um, the, the other one, I think you got to go to the Big 12. I think you say that Oklahoma um, and Baylor both have the biggest, the most to lose this weekend because Oklahoma State is in the Big 12 championship game. So they, they're, they're talking playoff implications this weekend. And if they beat Oklahoma and they win against Oklahoma uh, or against Baylor in the Big 12 championship, they really are, are, are sh- should be in the playoff. They're going to have two top 10 wins at the end of the season. But uh, right in the road to end the season. Uh, Baylor plays Texas Tech. Baylor needs that tiebreaker. They need Oklahoma State to win. So if Baylor goes and lays an egg against Texas Tech, it's potentially that they could, you know, they, they, they could see Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma for the first time in a long time. And 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 if they don't come out and, and beat a Texas Tech team that upset Iowa State a couple weeks ago, um, they could find themselves out. Same thing with Oklahoma. They, they have to win. Um, and I think they're still talking about a playoff shot. I don't think it's likely, but they, they, there is a lot, a lot riding on this. Mike Gundy just got an extension. That's true. Um, and, yep. and this season would be a disaster for Oklahoma if they missed the Big 12 championship game. Oh, yes. after the After the SEC thing, after the expectations, after benching Spencer Rattler, this would be absolute disarray for them. Yeah, you are. you were not wrong about that. I'm. Do you know anything about Jerry Bohannon? Is he, is he playing yeah. this weekend? Uh, I, I don't know that he's going to be 100% this weekend regardless. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that they're doing a little strategery about like they probably don't need him. Um, but uh, I, I haven't seen anything definitive about the severity of the injury. 
that's what I'm curious about is is what are we going to see out of them and you know are they able to replicate kind of what Oklahoma State was able to do against Donovan Smith last week once they got tape on Donovan Smith everybody kind of figured out okay he's only got this much of the playbook down uh, we we know exactly what he's going to do so you know I, I would assume that Baylor's defense with Aranda would be able to uh, to handle that um, let's see. You got any more that uh that have most to lose? I mean, I guess Wisconsin. If they lose this game, they don't even go to the Big Ten title game. Um, that would be deflating after their surge this year, yes. for sure. Um, I mean, I think South Carolina's playing with. I think I guess we're going to talk about the game. South Carolina's playing with house money. Yes. And let me tell you, if if Beamer can do something stupid here uh, and they beat Auburn and Clemson, like that could be. I mean, Clemson's probably better than South Carolina for the next five years. And if they can win this game right now, none of that will matter in the future. So I think Clemson here, I mean, again, history is written by the victors. If Clemson goes and drops, you know, 40 on South Carolina and wins and then goes and beats the heck out of an SEC team in a bowl, nobody thinks twice about this season for Clemson. Ah, quarterback issue was kind of bad, whatever. If they lose this, they're struggling in the bowl game. Then you start to talk about, hey, their quarterback development has not been great. Hey, their offensive line pipeline's not really good. Hey, why is their offense so bad after Jeff Scott left? Like, what's going on here? And and the thread starts unraveling. So I think that Clemson doesn't stand much to get. It's kind of, you know, kind of like uh, you, you wrestle a girl in high school wrestling. Sometimes, that you know, they match you up, and it's like that one girl wrestles. Yes. Um, not much to Clemson's gain, kind of but a whole girl. lot to if lose. You, if you lose, it's real bad for you. And if you win, okay, you beat a girl. That's, that's kind of what Clemson's in here. That's yeah, a, yeah that's, a, that's basically Iron Bowl this week, right? You know, yeah, whoop-de-doo, you thing. beat Auburn. But at the same time, uh, you lose and it costs you everything. Costs you everything. Although Bama, Bama's still theoretically playing for a playoff spot. So. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yes, I mean, the, the, the win, of course, it's not going to boost your numbers to beat Auburn this week. Um, but it, it will certainly hurt them if you were to lose. So that's yeah. uh that's the way. I'll tell you this: they are not making the playoff based on what they do this weekend. Like it, it will, it will cost them a playoff if they lose. Uh, but they're not yes. just getting into the playoff if they win. So that's the right. way it goes. Right. Let's uh let's jump into our weekly college football off the radar pick'em. And by off the radar, I mean the games that were not discussed on the BetUS College Football Show, which if you have not subscribed, there is a link in the description. Go ahead and knock that out. Uh, the show, of course, brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You can sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021, get you 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sportsbook exclusive. There's a link for that one as well. So go sign up over there at BetUS.com. Um, let's start off with this one. We're going to start off on Thanksgiving. The Egg Bowl, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. It's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kick. State is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, total of 62. And when I am looking at the numbers, I think State is the significantly better football team. And I can't figure out... Now, they are also uh, way, way up on the variance scale, right? (laughs) Who knows what to expect from them week in and week out. But if you just look at overall consistency... I I think that they are just a better football team overall than Ole Miss, which is crazy to think about considering the records and all the highlight plays that you see from Lane Kiffin and whatnot. But Will Rogers is awesome. Like I, I think I'm going to take State here. Uh, but I again before I before I go further, let me preface all of this by saying these are not official plays. This is just a pick'em game that we do on the show every week. We're just going with what side we would lean. 
and whatnot, and we're going against the spread. I'm going to take State here minus the one and a half uh, because, I, again, I think they're better. Their stuff rate is number 19 in the country. I mean, at 21%, just ridiculous. Um, and and you look at their their plays per game, number nine, they're up there right with Ole Miss at number eight offensive plays per game. Uh, they're good. I mean, do your numbers kind of kind of show the same thing? I'm not looking at EPA right now. I'm just looking at overall raw stats. Uh, but, that, I mean, State's good. Really good. Yeah, I, I have State as 31st in EPA margin, 24th on offense, and only 68th on defense. Um, significantly better. I mean, Ole Miss is 40th or 31st on offense, 73rd on defense. And the way that some of these compliments match up, man, it's hard to not like State here. I mean, if, I, if I'm picking, you know, one shot, I need to score on this play – I'm taking Matt Corral every, every like 10 out of 10 times. But if I need to move the ball down the field over the course of 12 drives for a game, I, I, I you're not crazy to say that Will Rogers might be your guy here. Uh, they're 22nd in EPA per pass. And the flip side, what's been driving Ole Miss lately has been their running backs, right? You know, talk about that yes. trio of running backs. And they got their line and healthy and everything. 24th in EPA per rush. Mississippi State's defense, though, is 44th in EPA per rush, um, really shutting down the rushing attack. And Ole Miss is awful on third and fourth, really boom or bust offense. Mississippi State, 13th on offensive uh, success on third and fourth downs. I really think that they'll be able to sustain drives kind of death by a thousand cuts. So I, I agree. I'm taking the Bulldogs. I can get down with that. So both like State minus one and a half. Uh, we'll roll with the Friday noon Eastern time game, Boise State at San Diego State. Uh, and the Aztecs are two and a half point underdogs at home to Boise uh, total is forty four and a half, so not a lot of points expected in this one. But you know, I I look at I look at this overall, and and Boise's numbers kind of surprised me. I, like they're they're overall a better team than I anticipated. Uh, but this team cannot run the football, and I don't. I mean, obviously they're not going to have success doing that against the Aztecs. I I think that San Diego State is undervalued here. Uh, when you look at just overall defensive performance and and on the other side, I mean, their offense, like, they're not great, uh, but they're really good on field position. They can create turnovers. Boise hasn't had a lot of success doing that this year. Like, I, I'm going to go with the underdog here. Like, I, I know that the game doesn't matter that much to San Diego State because they are already locked into a Mountain West title game appearance, but home field matters. And, and I think that they want that. Uh, at the same time, it's Boise State. Like, it's still a name brand, and it will get you some cachet. This game is at 9 a.m. local time for these teams, and and it's on CBS. It's on big CBS. I think it matters. I, I'm going to roll with the Aztecs here. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's boring if we agree on every pick here, but uh, we're two for two because I think I, think I actually have um, – the wrong team, the wrong team's favorite in this game. Uh, San Diego State's defense is just so oppressive. And Boise, like you said, 82nd in EPA per rush against a really, really weak schedule. Uh, I just don't know how Boise State's going to score. And, and their defense, again, San Diego State's offense, nothing to write home about. But it's been relatively consistent. They're starting in plus territory often. Uh, they'll get some short fields. I think they'll be able to do enough and frustrate Boise enough to, to pull this out uh, outright if not at least cover the two and a half. No, I can, uh, I can certainly certainly see that. Uh, the next game that we've got on the board here is the 3.30 p.m. Eastern time game on Friday. Missouri at Arkansas, and the Razorbacks a 14.5-point favorite at home as it sits right now, total of 62.5. And when I look at these numbers, obviously, you look at your long stats, and you are not going to see many things that point in Missouri's favor. 
which is also why this uh, spread is over 14 points. But when you look at most recent numbers, uh, Missouri has really figured something out on the defensive side of the ball as far as being able to stop the run. And, you know, on the other side, Tyler Beatty, I mean, he is unbelievable. Uh, Connor Bazelak is is injured, and that certainly isn't going to help anything. But, you know, Arkansas put up a, a massive fight against Alabama last week. I wonder if this is a little bit of a hangover. And don't forget, I mean, Arkansas hasn't won this game in six years, I think it is. They are, I think, going to be fired up for this, but also there's a little bit of a mental hurdle there when you haven't beaten somebody in a really, really long time. Missouri kind of has that that quiet confidence of, we've done this year after year. There's not a single guy on that roster that has ever lost to Arkansas. Yeah, it's on the road. Yeah, I get it. But I do think, I'm not going to take Missouri to win this game, but I think 14 and a half is way too many here. So I'll, I'll certainly take the Tigers. Interesting. I, I, so if I look at the last couple of games for Missouri, I look at, you know, when, when their numbers got better, they played Vanderbilt. They played <laughs> South Carolina. Neither of those are good teams. Agreed. Florida clearly had some motivation issues, and clearly Eli Drinkwitz was very excited about winning that game and getting up for that game and evidently brought props for the post-game presser, knowing that they were going <laughs> to win that game. That lightsaber um, was awesome. I mean, come on now. I... <laughs> They call him the alpha respect, nerd. You know, you got to respect the petty, man. You got to respect <laughs> the petty. Um, I, I think that this is a situation where Arkansas, obviously more talented, way more explosive on offense. The rushing game that Missouri has been able to stop has been running back heavy. Arkansas is using KJ Jefferson as a bowling ball uh, and, and scrambling a lot. And so I, I like Arkansas in this spot. My question is, how much does Missouri actually care about this rivalry? Because I kind of have the same thought as you. You know, they won this game in a while, and they won the Super Bowl last year unequivocally. They beat Florida um, unequivocally, won the Super Bowl. It was senior day. That was awesome. My thought is that Missouri's a little little potentially complacent here, and Sam Pittman stays hungry, man. That's that's my attitude. I I like Arkansas to cover 14-and-a-half. I I have this line closer to 17. Um, But some of the concerns you said is why this isn't an official, you know, a a play on the show tomorrow, for instance. this is definitely one my family's from Arkansas. I'm an Arkansas fan. I'm throwing money on this just for vanity, but like I can't. I'm not advising people play this. Yeah, I I look at it because I. So the week after playing <clears throat> Alabama, teams typically don't cover the spread very well. Now this isn't the same Alabama team and whatnot, but uh, but Arkansas did get beat up pretty good in that game. That's another reason why I'm like, okay, they they want to win, but how much is how much of this is mental, right? You haven't beaten this team in six years. Uh, what What is the issue there? So that, that's the only reason. I, I fully yeah. expect Arkansas to win. Uh, well, did, when it, did Arkansas get a moral victory last year, last week, in your mind? Yeah, a little bit. I, and, and they'll never say that publicly, I don't think. Um, I mean, hell, the AD was coming out, <laughs> you know, saying that they got screwed in the state of Alabama again. You know, I mean, it, it becomes a whole, a whole thing. Um, I just I wonder I wonder how much of a rivalry this is for either side, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean this this is two straight games that Arkansas, you know, they went down and they got the golden boot from LSU, which they hadn't won in forever. And then they go to Alabama and actually put up a fight, which they hadn't done in a long time. Uh, now you get a third straight game and it's kind of the same thing with Missouri where they had a super fight last week. I just wonder, you know, if if that mental edge isn't a little bit on the Tiger side. And, you know, you give me over two touchdowns, I mean, I'll take that. 
Like <laughs> for sure. In a rival in a rivalry game, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> uh speaking of rivalry games, another Friday night game. North Carolina at NC State and the Wolfpack are six point favorites at home, total of sixty two and a half. And of course, this does mean quite a bit for the Wolfpack. Uh, because Dave Doran and Bunch will head to the ACC title game if they win this and they can somehow get Wake Forest to lose on the road at Boston College, which is not a crazy proposition. Uh, you look at the numbers on these two teams, and and it, it so, so I don't know this, right? I don't know if Sam Howell is going to play in this game. And if I'm Sam he Howell... Did, he didn't last week, correct? Yeah, he did not play last week. And so and it's at NC State. It's at NC I State. I doubt that he's. Yeah, I doubt he's playing. So it, regardless of what's going on, I'm curious about even if he does play, does he play not to get hurt because he knows he's going to the NFL? I mean, I, I, that's a crazy thing to think about now, but I mean, that's the way college football is, right? Like at least these days, modern college football, you got to look out for yourself, I guess. It's a business decision. I don't. I don't begrudge him that at all. And I mean, I, you know, if you want to start, you, know, you want to start keeping score. You know, Mac Brown hasn't put the pieces around him to set him up for success. Why is he going to sacrifice the body on a terrible team? I mean, I think he did that in the pit game, and they lost. Yes. And he might, you know, he might. I, I wouldn't begrudge him at all, saying, you know what, I did. I did what I could. Um, I want to see Devin Leary State, against this defense. That's what I want to see against this defense. Yes, <laughs> NC State is so quietly good. They're so boring. Dave Dorn is so boring. And they're so good. 15th in EPA per play margin, 37 on offense, 15th on defense. Um, the one thing that I don't love is that they're um, they're pretty – they're 96th in offensive success rate, so they are feast or famine. And um, this defense, you know, 84th in success rate, 108th in EPA. There's, there's ripe opportunity. But, again, there's so much volatility in can you get that um, – can you get that extra? Can you get that big play? And I think it was in the Wake Forest game they lost. Dave Doran decided to run the ball like 70% more than he had in any other game all season. And so yeah. I just don't know if what he was trying to do there. But, you know, if they if they just let Devin Leary be Devin Leary, um, I, I think they can win this convincingly and cover five and a half easy. Um, yeah. Devin Leary is what people want Brock Purdy to be. That's my hot take for the end of this season. That's uh yes I I'm with you 100. I'm I'm taking NC State minus the six uh, along with you. Um I I look at I talked to you in the off season about Tim Beck and this offense and and what they are capable of doing and what they started last year and you look at them and the numbers are not like they're not crazy but you know they they are incredibly explosive. They're number 29 and 20 plus yard plays. Um. North Carolina's defense number 101. I mean, that's putrid. Um, and on the other side, like, they are going to be able to get, the Wolfpack is going to be able to get pressure on Sam Howell or whoever is back there uh, because in uh, North Carolina, number 124 in offensive adjusted sack rate. Like, that is... Offensive line, man. Oof. <laughs> that is awful. On top of that, be prepared for a lot of flags in this game. There's going to be yellow all over this field, you got number 120 and number 114 in penalties per game, which I was shocked by. I couldn't believe NC State was like that because I, I kind of look at them as being disciplined, uh, but it didn't really look like it so far this year. Uh, but I'll, I'll still take NC State. I think this game matters to them a lot. Uh, North Carolina looks like they are just dragging to the finish for whatever reason. So I'm... They really they really do, yeah. Little uh, little surprised um, at what has happened there. 
Dave Doran, only two losing seasons at North Carolina State, but yes. they haven't won a bowl since when is that? Holy cow, five, six years? Oh, it's been a long time. They haven't won a bowl since 2017. Yeah. They also, so maybe, the, some, maybe, maybe something to play for for them as well here at the end of the season, too. The bowl contracts, uh, the way that they are set up, they are always playing. It feels like always playing against somebody that, that should beat them, right? Um, so I, I've looked at some of those matchups and thought, I mean, of course they lost that game. I mean, it makes yeah, right. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah, you're putting ACC number four against SEC West number three. Like, that's like, just yeah, it's, that's it's just not rude. fair. You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the bowl contracts, the way they're done, like, I kind of hate, like, I love bowl season and I hate bowl season because the contracts are done up in a way that does not benefit some of these teams that actually get to that point. And it's just such a, it's a weird way to end your season when you're going up against somebody that you know you're not going to beat, right? Like, I yeah. hate that. Yeah. So, uh, if NC State was getting to play, you know, some some AAC teams and whatnot, I'd send them to the Birmingham Bowl and, and we'll have a discussion, right? I'd feel yeah. good about that. You just, you just feel bad for teams like Florida who last year had to walk out there and know that Oklahoma was just going to run through. Yeah, yes. Yes, it's like, <laughs> why? why is, it okay to, is it okay to kick Dan Mullen while he's down? I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, we'll move to, oh, another, another Friday night game, the Apple Cup. Washington State at Washington and the Huskies at home are a one-point underdog to the Cougars. Uh, they have not won this in years. What, six, seven years, something like that? I mean, it's been a long, long time. Uh, Leach's entire tenure uh, at, in the Palouse did not get a win over the Huskies. Uh, but now, you know, you, you got the interim coach in, and I forget his name, Jake uh, uh, Digger. Is that it? What's his name? Do you remember? You're way more on the news, man. I got my head in a spreadsheet. I don't know. I can't keep up with this crap. <laughs> the defensive coordinator, he's he's been really, really good uh, since they let Rolo go. Um, this team fights, man. Like, they love their coaching staff, and you look at what they are doing on defense. It is very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, but on the other side, I mean, Washington's defense, not too bad. Uh, yards per pass, Washington's number one. A part of that's because anybody that wants to run on them can do it. Uh, but on the other side, I mean, Washington State, number 84 in yards per rush. That's uh, that's 3.9 yards per rush on that. Uh, I would, I'm going to go with the team that needs it more and the team that wants it more, and I'm going to go with Washington State because I don't think Washington gives a crap about anything right now. Like, those players, it, they lost to Colorado last week, and that, that could have gotten me my Colorado under right off the bat. But you, you lose to Colorado this season, and you are not a good team to me. So I, I will go with the road team on this. I'll take Washington State to win this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, even though I hate to, because the the motivation factor is obviously something my numbers can't, um, but but can't factor in. But I, I really think when you look at this game and get granular, because I, I have a friend who's a Washington State fan, he, he sent me a DM and said, what the heck is your projection on this game? No way, because I have Washington by five. I have wrong team favored here. And I've got a good case for it, I think. Okay, so I would love to see this. Washington's, Washington's uh, State's offense is 
59th in early downs EPA. Washington is 70th on defense. So that's like, they're both pretty average on early downs. On late downs, uh, Washington State is 29th. Really, really good. When you see a disparity like that, that tells me that a lot of their value that's making their offense look like 47th overall in EPA per play is coming on third downs. And then you look at their split early down rush rate, they're rushing 44.2% of the time, which is 17th most uh, or 17th least. They're, they're passing a ton on early downs, right? They're really spreading the ball out. Yeah, yeah. The only thing Washington's defense does well is passing on third downs. Like that's, that's it. And there's some selection issue there, but really the one strength of Washington state is they're extending drives on third downs and Washington's defense is 32nd on third and fourth down success. On the flip side, Washington, 36th on third and fourth down success on offense, even though they're abysmal on offense, they have been better at getting those kind of third manageables. Washington State's offense is 90, or defense is 90th. So really big mismatches there. Long, convoluted numbers. Washington State's really good at passing on late downs. Washington's defense, that's maybe the only thing they're good at. And so that mismatch there has me favoring Washington. So here's one of the reasons why I'm going the opposite direction. And you can't, or at least you're not supposed to factor this in, uh, but turnover margin. Washington State number 23 in the country, uh, Washington number 86. I'm kind of expecting some Washington turnovers. And in that in that regard, that will actually get Washington State more points. Uh, because you look at, you know, offensive success rate here, Washington State, number 61. In uh, in Washington's defense, you know, uh, number 83 in defensive success, uh, success rate. But uh, but offensive points per opportunity. You got Washington State at number 24. And, you know, Washington gives up points. I mean, they're number 68 on defense in that regard. Uh, yeah, I, you, you, you're giving me something to think about here, obviously. I, I'm still going to go State. I'm going to go, yeah, we'll go opposite. And we can go opposite. Washington last week had first and goal at the Colorado three and Colorado runs that back. My model, Gary, last week, Washington 24, Colorado 21. If Washington doesn't let them run that all the way back, like the fact that Washington allowed an 88 yard fumble return or whatever, is that doesn't actually reflect on their defense. Their defense is not that much worse. Like yeah. they should have won that game last week by what I expected them to do. So, I mean, they're, and that's, that's the issue, right? A lot of games this year they should have won, and turnovers cost them. So, uh, so I'm almost expecting it. Although you can't really toss them into advanced stats because of the luck factor, you, there's no real way to measure that analytically. Um, but I'm, I, I just, just, I just say their drives, their drives end. Like I look at the quality, <laughs> the quality possession rate, and so if you, you know, turnovers that factors in there too. Yeah, yeah that that certainly makes sense. Uh, moving on <laughs> to Saturday, we got several games we're going to hit on Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern time. We already talked about this a little bit in the preview. Florida State at Florida, and the Gators are a three-point favorite here. Total of 59. Uh, this is big. This is a bowl game for either team. And honestly, this is more for Florida State and what they're trying to build as a program under Mike Norvell as opposed to what Florida's doing while they're in the middle of a coaching search. <laughs> Billy Napier. Um, I... I look at this, and obviously all the numbers, not not all, but the majority of the numbers will point to Florida in this. But is there any real way to calculate the mistakes that this Gators team makes on a week-in and week-out basis? It, it, they come at some of the most crippling times, um, and I don't know, I don't know what to make of their number 114 in turnover margin. They are... 
uh, putrid in penalty yards per game. The number 98 in penalties per game. Uh, number 105 in defensive field position. Like, I, I don't really know what to make of this team. Um, I, I'm going to go Florida State just based on, like, I think this team has more to play for. Um, but I, at the same time, I don't know. Some of these rivalry games, you never know how amped Florida's going to be now that Dan Mullen's gone, which is why we would never make this an official play on, on the BetUS show. But I'll, I'll take Florida <laughs> State here because I, I just think there's more to uh, this team and the way that they've been playing lately, which, by the way, Jordan Travis has been looking awesome lately. Like, I don't, I don't have his numbers pulled up in front of me, but, like, he's actually figured out how to throw the football a little bit, and I'm I'm shocked. <laughs> like, he looks good. You get, you get a little room to breathe, man. That offensive line, it's how you, you got to build a program up, right? And uh, and they, the offensive line has been a little bit better this year, and he has not had to run for his life. Hey, um, they finally got their guys I, healthy. Like, once they got their guys healthy yeah. on the offensive line, they're good. Uh, overall on the season, their offensive adjusted sack rate is number 118. 118 out of 130. That's putrid. But once they got their guys healthy, I mean, they, they were at like 127 at one point a few weeks ago. Um, so they, they've moved up a little bit, but golly. Um, yeah, I, I look at this, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the Seminoles here. And I, maybe I'm, I'm hurting myself on it, but I, I think that they're going to win this ballgame. I, I agree. Just the motivation factor, like we talked about a little bit earlier, my numbers have this like Florida four and a half, and I hate it. And I hate it. I don't want to play it. Um uh, one thing that really sticks out, uh, I mean, Florida state has just been awful on third and fourth downs. Um, and, and Florida has been really, really good on that. And then against the pass, Florida, really, really good pass defense, Florida state, really, really fine pass offense. Um, I think the one thing that stands out for me though, is, uh, remember that LSU game where LSU just ran over Florida, at the beginning of the end, what did they do? They ran counter and Florida didn't know what to do. Florida could not stop a counter running attack. Guess what Florida State runs? Uh, primarily okay. counter. They're very explosive <laughs> on counter runs. So throwing the numbers out the window, damn the spreadsheets. I'm taking Florida State in the upset. I like Norvell. We're, we're going for it. Isn't that kind of what uh, what Tyler Beatty ran for uh, Missouri last week? Like they had not run a bunch of counters at all uh, all season, and they figured out, oh, this is how you beat this team. Cool. Like we'll yeah. just run a bunch yeah. of these. So <laughs> it's like they figured out the uh, the formula. Just run this one thing yep. that Florida doesn't know how to defend. And, uh, and they don't really have a defensive coordinator right now. So, hell, why not? Why not? So, we're both riding with Although, the Seminoles. Is having, is having no defensive coordinator worse than having Todd Grantham as your defensive coordinator? I, the world may never know. <laughs> yeah, I, I really – I don't – there there hasn't been a big difference. I mean, it's not no, – it's not no, crazy. It's really not that different. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we're both riding with Florida State on the upset. Yes, I, sir. I like that. I like that. Uh, this one could be interesting because I have not figured out which way I'm going to go on this yet. Um, Army. Traveling to Liberty, it's a 12 p.m. Eastern time game. Liberty, a three-and-a-half point favorite, total of 53-and-a-half. And by the way, right before we started recording, uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I want to see. If, I think Hugh Freeze just signed a contract extension with Liberty um, because I, I think I saw, I was watching the uh, the Northern Illinois game. Uh, there we go. So, sources, Liberty and Hugh Freeze uh, sign mega deal. Hugh Freeze secures new deal will average more than four million dollars annually to stay at Liberty. Awesome! That is awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, it's what I told you the other day, right? Like, why leave? You're at a private yeah. school. Like, you're in the middle of Virginia. Nobody's paying attention to you. Just do what you and do what you do. 
that that money is only the money they're telling you about. Yeah, yeah Hugh Freeze is getting a lot of uh, amenities as well on top of that. So yeah, that's that's a good situation. Definitely. Um, um, here's what scares me. Liberty, penalties per game, number 84. Penalty yards per game, number 107. Turnover margin, number 120. Malik Willis has been careless with the football, especially in the red zone. And you do that against Army, and you may not see the ball again for like 10 minutes. Uh, now, Liberty's defense, like, pretty good. Uh, pretty damn good, actually. Their stuff rate's number 35. Uh, their adjusted sack rate, which is not going to matter in this game, is number 8. But but they got a pretty good, uh, pretty good bunch of guys in the trenches, I think. Um on on the other side, like Army's defense is pretty good, and they can they can force some turnovers. They are number twenty six in turnover margin. Uh, this looks like Army would be really really. Uh, I, I think they can really take advantage of some miscues here. But as far as talent goes, I mean Liberty is way way above them, and it, most teams that Army plays are. Uh, but that Liberty just makes too many mistakes for me. Like I, I want to take yeah. Liberty here. But man, I think Army is the smart play at, at more than a field goal. Like I, I'm gonna roll. Uh, I'm, yeah, I think I'm gonna ride with uh, with the Black Knights on this. Um, I mean, you just look at these now. It's a bunch of green for Army, and, and there's a bunch of red spots for Liberty on uh, on my sheet. What uh, what are you looking at? Well, I, you know, I hate betting against the troops, and so I tried to think of what was the stupidest reason I could I could justify betting against the troops. And I gotta say. Uh, Three weeks ago, Liberty played UMass, and they beat them 62-17. Uh, Last week, Army played UMass. They only beat them 33-17. And so <laughs> transitive property, Liberty's going to win. Uh, <laughs> I like the transitive um, property there. <laughs> I think that Liberty's rushing, especially with Malik Willis's legs, will, will give a lot more trouble to Army. Army doesn't play the kind of defense or offense where Liberty is going to have to uh, – catch up I, I i think in the sense that um the, i think liberty's gonna be able to be a little bit more conservative and exploit army's defense in ways that they haven't been able to exploit defenses like louisiana Ole miss um and and even syracuse defense early on the season uh the ulm game was absolutely i think a fluke i think they had four red zone trips where they came up with zero and i think that you know pulls their aggregate numbers makes it bad if you kind of put it outside of this this offense can put up a lot of points and um, I mean, Army certainly has shown that they can keep pace, but I, I think that I trust Malik Willis playing for NFL draft spot uh, last game of the season here. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Liberty to cover. I can uh, I can definitely see that. I mean, obviously Malik Willis has a good game, and this is not even a question. Uh, but yeah. if, if I get a couple of turnovers, I mean, you never know. <laughs> like there's yeah. there's a way that uh, that Army could certainly catch them off guard. Uh, so we'll we'll go opposites on that one. Wake Forest at Boston College is another 12 p.m. Eastern Time game, and who boy, the stakes have never been higher for the Demon Deacons. Uh, at least not that I can remember. I mean, Dave Clawson may be in the middle of some of these coaching searches. I'm not hearing his name nearly enough because I think there's a lot of jobs that are open that uh, that should be calling him. But uh, you know, you get kids in a position that they've never been in. You put a lot of pressure on them. Yes, they should be better than Boston College, but Phil Djurkovic uh, is back and playing well. And yeah, they lost last week to to or to uh, to Florida State. But when I when I look at this, I'm 
I'm going to ride with Boston College here to cover the four and a half. I don't know that they win, but I think that defense for Wake Forest is so bad, and Zay Flowers is is going to have a field day on, on this defense. I really think uh, that Boston College can do some good things here. Uh, the numbers are so skewed if you look for an entire season because Phil was out for so long uh, because their offensive success rate is like number 109. They're better than that. Um, their offensive points per possession, only 2.9. That's number 118. They're better than that. Uh, it, it's tough to, to get a good read on exactly what's going on. And and I think I think Boston College is going to be fired up at home. Uh, Jeff Halfley, like I, he's a good coach. That's another name that, that might be brought up for some of these gigs that start opening up. I, I like Boston College to be able to cover the four and a half at least. Uh, and I think they could win the game. Um I'll still take Wake to win because I, I think this could end up being a last team with the ball wins kind of game. Um, and I would, I would trust Wake Forest to be able to score, but also trust uh, Boston College. So I'll, I'll roll with BC here. Well, one thing I will know, because I like that and I like, I like Phil and I feel like Mulder in the X-Files. Like I want to believe in what Boston College wants to be. I want, I want to leave in what they want to be. Um, one thing I will know last week against Clemson, Clemson's defense obviously had a, had a, a pretty big split between rushing and passing, but it was they were 22nd against the pass and 35th against the rush. Boston College is 34th against the pass and 94th against the rush, Gary. Um, I think that Wake Forest is versatile enough to exploit that defense, um, even though they've put up some aggregate numbers that are good. The flip side is when you look at what Clemson did against Wake Forest, basically you have a DJ, uh, DJU run where he should have been tackled four times. Um, and he popped off for 30, extended drive, they scored. And then Kobe Pace and Will Shipley combined for 303 yards. I, I don't see Boston College having the rushing attack. 84th in EPA per rush, 76th in rushing success rate. I don't think they have the talent, obviously, that Clemson does, nor the scheme uh, to, to really press this Wake Forest defense. So I, I think that it would be easy to see Wake Forest running away with this. Um, my line is eight, and so I'm going to take Wake Forest to cover on the road. I, uh, I let, me, let me get you to explain this to me. Yes, sir. Boston College is number 13 in defensive points per scoring opportunity. They're only giving up 2.92. Um, and yet, at the same time, like their success rate is number 68. Like they're not, they're not great. Uh, mm-hmm. This team, for whatever reason, it kind of exemplifies bend, don't break. Is there a way that that works uh, in their favor against Wake Forest, or or is Wake Forest just incredibly? I mean, they're number twenty three in in twenty plus yard plays down the field, uh, but also, I mean, Boston College number thirty two in defensive uh, twenty plus yard plays allowed. That's uh, the the number the number thirteen defensive points per opportunity uh, stands out to me because I didn't think that um, they were that good, but. You know, you holding teams to field goals instead of, um, well, and I guess creating turnovers too. Eh, eh. Yeah, I'm still going to. So my this. my thought on that, I almost pulled up. I stopped myself because I'm a huge nerd. I almost pulled up my software. I'm going to answer this question later, but I'm not going to type on air. That's very boring. <laughs> it is my theory that Boston College, because I have them at 35th, and you know, I do weird stuff with points. I give you credit for attempting a field goal. Yes. I wonder if opponents have not just been missing field goals because like Boston's that's, windy or something. Like that's a good that, that point. I'm sure because because I have them at 29th, 1.87 points per points per drive on defense. 
And so, you know, 13th to 29th is not that big a drop off, but in terms of points per quality possession, so that's all possessions. In terms of points per quality possession, and again, my, my formula is a little different than the one you're looking at if it's the one I think it is. Um, but but I have them at 35th, 3.66. And so I wonder if they just have not been the beneficiaries of like terrible field field goal luck by their yeah. opponents. A lot of missed Because they're giving up, I mean, 49th in quality possession rate is not great, 50%, so one every two. Um, and so that that's what leads me to think maybe something is coming out like that yeah that could that could make a lot of sense that makes way more sense um i mean they're number four uh number 44 in uh scoring opportunities allowed uh now i mine excludes garbage time and all that all that mess um, right but yeah that that um, for whatever reason that number kind of stood out to me so I'll, I'll still take bc because i think they can score on uh on that wake defense um and you will roll with wake forest you think they can roll them this weekend uh the iron bowl 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's on CBS. Um, and I put this on here only because, like, Virginia, Virginia Tech was the other one. But I'm an Alabama fan. I have to talk about the Iron Bowl, the week of the Iron Bowl. And we're not going to hit it on the it, – it means nothing almost to the big national narrative anywhere. And who the hell wants to bet on this game? Like, I don't, I don't know of anybody that really does uh, because you got T.J. Finley at quarterback. Bo Nix is, of course, out. Auburn's field goal kicker, Anders Carlson – out for this game. They got multiple injuries all over the place. The Harson stuff is is what I am the most interested in with this because who knows what is going to end up happening in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, when we got to figure out, okay, is he still going to be the head coach? Uh, is it possible that they do a one and done? Because if... <laughs> Can you just I'm, imagine a world? You're an Alabama fan. I don't, I don't know. I don't mean to induce strife. Can you imagine a world where Brian Harrison beats Alabama by two touchdowns and then, and then still refuses to get vaccinated? <laughs> I mean, it's, it would not shock me. Nothing would shock me in this rivalry um, at all. Uh, that, especially, is, that is about peak chaos. Yeah, that's yes. hilarious. Uh, Alabama has not won in Jordan-Hare Stadium since 2015. They they lost the last two there, 2017 and 2019. Um, yeah, it's you, you look at just overall numbers. There's a reason Alabama's favored by 19.5 points here. Uh, the total is 55.5. They are not expecting many points from the Tigers this weekend. Uh, you know I love net points per drive. Alabama's number three in that regard. Auburn number 61. Uh, just overall, uh, turnover margin. Auburn number 80, Alabama number 19. Uh, but on the other side, I mean, penalties. Like penalty, Alabama's number 84 in penalties per game and penalty yards per game. And Auburn 37 and 32. Uh, this... This Alabama team is still young, and when they go on the road, uh, all except for the Mississippi State game, which still makes no sense to me, um, they, they've looked awful on the road every time they've gone somewhere, aside from Starkville. I, I am going to take Auburn to cover the 19.5 because I do not trust this young Alabama team, uh, especially with Georgia coming up. Everybody knows about the rivalry, but... The majority of the players on this Alabama team are not from the state of Alabama. <laughs> they don't know all that much about the rivalry, and they are still young. I would assume that Auburn will find a way to keep this low scoring. Alabama's not going to pull a whole lot of stuff out of the bag, I don't believe. Uh, so I would assume that that Auburn will be able to keep this, you know, 31 to 13 gets me a cover. That sounds, you know, reasonable. Um I don't think Auburn is going to give up like a ton of huge plays or anything like that. 
I uh, I kind of expect this to be a little lower scoring and Alabama to be able to run the ball a little more. They Auburn's not been great at stopping the run here lately. Um, that's that's my direction on this, but the the numbers would would say differently. I would believe. What what do your numbers say? Yeah, so so my line here is uh, Alabama by about twenty one points. Yeah, and so I, I will pick them to cover. And I think I have a couple. I think I have two reasons here. Um, when the last game that Auburn won was Ole Miss, and the way they beat Ole Miss is they made Matt Corral really uncomfortable. Um, they pressured him on a third of dropbacks, and his completion percentage on those dropbacks was twenty five percent. Right. Um, and so they disrupted up front. They absolutely have the trenches for all the issues they've had with the quarterback and with their secondary, which I'll get to in a second. They, they, their trenches are, are pretty solid on both sides. Um, Bryce Young pressured on almost 35% of his dropbacks and completing almost, uh, so so 71.4 adjusted completion percentage. They've dropped four of those passes. The dude is what, 20, 19? And yeah. doesn't care about 350 pound men trying to kill him. He just gets away. He has been sacked. 15, 15% of the time when he's pressured, he gets sacked. Yeah. 15% of the time on pressures, not on all dropbacks, just on pressures. That's impressive. Um, and so I, I think that he's so good under pressure that immediately nullifies Auburn's biggest strength because then Auburn can choose, okay, do we bring an extra guy and be disruptive? But then we leave our secondary, which is 98th in EPA per pass, open to freak athletes to exploit and Bryce Young, who's pretty good under pressure. So I think there's a lot of stress on this Auburn defense. The flip side, what Auburn's been able to do, again, Ole Miss, other, other games, really stout in the rush defense, 28th in EPA per rush. Alabama doesn't care. They're 62nd in EPA per rush or 8th in EPA per pass. They're they're passing on 44 or rushing on 44% of early downs. They're, they're slinging the ball. I think they're going to pass all over Auburn. I'm going to eat my words for this because it's a rivalry game. <laughs> but the one thing, the one thing that Auburn's been able to do with TJ Finley is rush the ball 18th in EPA per rush on offense. Alabama since week five, third in rushing defense. I really think that nothing here on paper looks good for Auburn. Um, I'm going to trust the numbers. I will say if Auburn wins this game, this is the meanest thing I'm going to say on this show, Gary. <laughs> this is the game that, that starts TJ Finley's used car dealership empire. This is it. They're like, oh, TJ Finley, he won that Alabama game in 2021. He filled in for Bo Nix. Nobody thought he was going to do it. I'm going to buy a car from him. This is the start of that career right here, man. You're, you're talking about uh, Van Tiffin's motor cars in, uh, in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama is what you're talking about. Uh, because Van Tiffin was known for one game, and that was the 1985 Iron Bowl with that 52-yard field goal. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I could totally see it. I could totally. But see I'm it. gonna go. I'm gonna go Alabama. I'm gonna take Alabama. That, to come. that makes sense. Um, I'm I'm factoring in the look ahead spot. Uh, don't get anybody hurt before Georgia. You know all that kind of mess, which is insane to think about in a rivalry game like this. But a lot more at stake here uh, coming down the line. So yeah. we'll we'll see. Uh, would it surprise me if Alabama covers the 19 and a half and just rolls them? Uh, no, because it's much the. They could use the same blueprint that Ohio State used against Michigan State, which is uh, if you get up by 40, you don't have to worry about the second half. Right. You know, and that is that is entirely possible here. You you could definitely see some plays breaking their way, and they just bust this thing open. So uh, so I'll take Auburn because I have seen the crazy Jordan-Hare magic, and I will, uh, <laughs> I will always be terrified of it for whatever reason. Uh, next one up here, we've only got a few more to go. Wisconsin at Minnesota and the Golden Gophers, a seven-point underdog at home, total of 39. I um so so 
I figured that Wisconsin was going to be favored by like 10 at this point. Um, Minnesota, obviously very up and down, a lot of volatility with this team. And when you look overall at Minnesota's defense and really what they, you know, their offense isn't anything great, but they do have certain games where, you know, they, they certainly show up and they're able to, uh, to run the ball and whatnot. Then I doubt they're going to be able to run on this Badgers defense, but you know, field position, uh, as far as defensive field position goes for, uh, for Minnesota at number two in the country. Um, the thing that scares me is it, they rely a lot on the rushing game. And if they can't run on that Wisconsin defense, Tanner Morgan is going to have nowhere to go. Like, <laughs> nothing yeah. to do there. Uh, so I will take Wisconsin here to cover. But also, this is a pretty crazy uh, matchup. Like, I, I I could totally see Wisconsin botching this and reverting back to the old ways of turning the football over and all that. That's what terrifies me about it, right? Uh, which, by the way, we talked so badly about Wisconsin early in the season, about their turnover margin and everything else. Uh, you look at them now, I mean, they're they're up to number 56 in turnover margin. Like, they were in the, the 110s uh, early in the season, and they, they've moved that thing all the way back up. Um, Minnesota likes to shorten the game. I mean, they only run like 68.7 uh, plays per game. I, I think... I think it'll be a short game, but I think Wisconsin handles this. I, I'm going to take the Badgers to cover the seven. So I, I see a low total. I see Wisconsin 127th in early downs rush rate, Minnesota 123rd in early downs rush rate. Um, I see Minnesota's defense 18th in rushing success rate allowed. I think this is going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be a fight. I, obviously, I think Wisconsin's going to win, but I think Minnesota is going to be able to make this muddy enough that that it's going to be close, and so I actually think I'll take Minnesota in the points. I uh, I like that. I like. I'm that. three and one. I'm, this is a kiss of death right here. I'm three and one on Minnesota to cover uh, <laughs> as a dog this season. So this is the kiss of death. But whatever. I can uh, no. I can I can see where you're coming from. Right. I, I just I, I can't see Wisconsin reverting back right now because I feel like Paul Christ and that bunch has figured out what to do with Graham Mertz. But if they are put in a pressure situation where they are relying on him to throw the football, it's anything goes. So, yes, I could absolutely see taking Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's defense has been good. There's just been – whenever they go up, like, a, a step up in competition for whatever reason, they're not able to do the same things, right? That's what that's what worries me about this. So, yeah. while I would love to see Minnesota win this ballgame outright and – and actually just completely stir up the entire Big Ten West. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I'm taking Wisconsin. You're taking Minnesota. Uh, shit in one hand, and you know, <laughs> it is what it is. If you uh, <laughs> if you if you really want chaos, you got to root for Nebraska too. You got to root for Nebraska and Minnesota so that we get a four way tie. Who, atop so the, uh, the tiebreaker there would be Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Minnesota. And I think that they do that thing where it's your record versus the other one. So I'd have to go look at it. I but. think, no, I think, uh, God, I was reading something about this earlier. I think in that okay. in that situation, uh, Minnesota would actually go. Like it'd be Minnesota against, you know, Michigan or Ohio State. And yeah, I would love that. I would love it. Now, who knows what to make of, of Nebraska uh, now that Adrian Martinez is not playing. We'll get to talk about that on the Bet US show, but uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be fun. 
Uh, we got two yeah. more pretty big brand names here. Texas A&M at LSU, and the Tigers are a six-and-a-half-point home dog in the Ed Orgeron finale in Death Valley. Total of 45. I'm not, looking at number, I'm not looking at numbers here. I'll let you see the numbers. Jimbo Fisher has an opportunity to make Ed Orgeron miss a bowl in his last game at LSU. Yes. Texas A&M is going to win by 70. That's, Seven. that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, am, I don't need numbers. I'm going to pull up my numbers here uh, because it, it, can you imagine what the the post-game or no, the pre-game uh, speech from Ed Orgeron is going to be like? I mean, it's going to be insane. So I – there's no – these two teams are so volatile that you never know who was – like who's going to actually show up. Uh, LSU looked awful against Louisiana Monroe last week. I mean, just putrid – uh, and I wonder if part of that was because they put so much into the Arkansas game and then they put so much in the Alabama game the week before that. Uh, they were trying to get one of those. Now, they did end up winning the ball game, But, I mean, A&M, their, their biggest thing is being able to run the football. Like, they don't have to worry about Zach Calzada if they're able to get uh, Isaiah Spiller rolling. And LSU number 36 and stuff, right? I mean... They've they've actually picked up their defense quite a bit. Those seniors on the defensive line have really have really shown up here lately. Uh, adjusted sack rate on defense for LSU is number thirty two. It's seven point seven percent. If they can get to Calzada, I mean all bets off here. So I I do yeah. I'm rolling with you here. I think Jimbo's going to have a lot up his sleeve for this game because these two teams do not like each other at all, and I think it means more to A and M than it does for LSU, although there is the motivation factor of how much do the kids that are still playing actually like Edo, right? Um, but I'll take I'll take A&M because I think Jimbo, yeah. we saw it in the Alabama game. He he hides stuff. He keeps stuff in his back pocket for these ball games, and that's that's what I'm betting on. I'm going to roll A&M, uh, I think, just like you. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't see a world where LSU moves the ball. I mean, like with... with, with um... What's the what's the kid's name? Grant? Uh, uh, no, not Grant. Uh, it's Scott. It was kid. Max Johnson, and then uh, Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer. Garrett Nussmeyer. Yeah. So yeah. whatever they're doing at quarterback, like they don't have an athlete. Um, they had some interesting ideas. Like last week against ULM, I'm not putting a ton of stock in because that's like that's second that's spring semester senior year. Edo is like. I'm not doing that shit. Like I'm not, I'm not game prepping for ULM. We're going to win. It's fine. Uh, sorry for cursing. Um, but yeah, so like it's, uh, I just, I mean, AM's defense is fourth in EPA. They're, they're 12th in passing success rate allowed. And sure they're 66th in rushing success rate allowed, but LSU's offense is a hundred in success rate on rushing. So yeah. I just, they're not going to move the ball. And you, you, the Jimbo son of a gun factor here wins out for me. I'm taking AM. Mike Elko, number five defensive points per drive, number three defensive points per play. Um, they are awesome. I mean, they, they Mike, Mike Elko coaching for a job? Uh, possibly, but I mean, at the same time, why leave? Right? It, it all yeah. depends on their motivation. It's very much a Brent Venables kind of situation there because uh, he's making, what, two and a half million? And he's got like a three year deal, like his deal, I think, also got extended along with Jimbo's. Um, Dang. Why? Like, yeah. why, why go take one of these smaller jobs when you can stay at A&M and just produce ridiculous athletes on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, now, it wouldn't surprise me because I, I have also seen Gus Malzahn go take a pay cut to be the Arkansas State coach to come back to Auburn, but obviously right. Auburn's a little bit different situation. So, right. who knows? Um, 
Last one, Clemson at South Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah, 11 and a half is the total or is the uh, the the spread here. Uh, and I didn't even write down the total, but who cares? Uh, we're we're picking sides. Um, there's no number that would make me uh, would lead me to believe that South Carolina would stay in this game, and yet the Shane Beamer factor has got me all over this. Like, there's no reason for me to take South Carolina at all. Uh, Clemson finally broke into the CFP top 25 and whatnot, but there's there's nothing. There's nothing that I can point to that would lead me to think that South Carolina could cover this number, but it is a night game in Columbia, and Beamer has that bunch believing for whatever reason. I'm going to take South Carolina to keep it within the 11 and a half, and this is... Not a numbers play. This is, obviously, it's not going to be a bet or anything like that. This is solely because I think the chaos would be incredible to see what happens at Clemson if they were to lose this ballgame. I mean, could you imagine the boosters that have stayed out of the way forever and what they would say to Dabo at this point? Because it's not, if winning by one point ain't enough, then blah, blah. You know, all the crap that you've heard out of him over the past however many years. What do you say if you then lose the state championship as well? Or even more crazy, yeah. if they were to lose this ball game and yet still get to play for an ACC championship game because NC State and Wake Forest both lost. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. wait for it. I can't wait. You, uh, you got a feel on this one? Okay, you know me. You know that I'm a coward. And you know what I try to do is I try to have it both ways and say like, my numbers say this, but my gut feels this or whatever. I'm going to trust my numbers. My numbers, 30, uh, Clemson 30, South Carolina 25. Um, I think South Carolina will again, have the motivation factor. Their offense is not awful and their defense is, is pretty okay. And so I'm going to go with them. One, one thing that I, I will point out, South Carolina or uh, yeah, South Carolina is currently uh, five and one at home they have one loss at home if this was in clemson i would say clemson plus like i'd take them minus 30 but i think that at home they really do have something special they've got a they've got a kind of in-state thing i think beamer you know been around great football programs has knows enough to know how important this game is and like we talked about clemson can only lose this game even if they win they can only lose and so i i i think that south carolina keeps it close um, and so I, I'll, I'll trust my numbers, even though I want to be boring and pick Clemson because I'm nervous about it. I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know what, trust the process and South, South Carolina is going to keep it close. I like it. I like it. Uh, there is something about playing in Columbia that, that has really woken that team up and a night game there against Clemson. I mean, that fan base is going to be rabid. There's going to be 80,000 people all wearing go cocks on their shirts and hats and whatnot. Like I'm, I'm pumped about it. I love this matchup. I think uh, I think there's no reason to really believe other than the fact that uh, Shane Beamer knows how to motivate that that bunch of kids. I mean, it's, they're playing with a third-string quarterback, and they've been better than they were with Zeb Nolan or uh, Luke Doty. Like, yeah. <laughs> none of it makes any sense to me. So, all right. That's crazy. So, we're both taking uh, South Carolina plus the 11 and a half. Um you know, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let me go on and uh, and run the credits and all that good stuff, and we will get out of here. Uh, 
Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you sign up for the podcast. If you haven't already liked the video, subscribe, etc. Go check out Parker's stuff. You can find him on Twitter at Stats of War. His, uh, his numbers that you, uh, that you heard all about tonight, cfb-graphs.com. With that said, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.